0: Never gonna be done, on in. Now welcome to the kingdom. Bonjour, you're watching Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. My name is TK Trinidad, AKA the Canadian Assassin, and I am not alone. She is the ultimate cat mom and a wrestler. Please welcome Sarah the Rest- Rebel. What it do, What it do? I was gonna say Sarah the Wrestler. Like, I know, I did that <laughs> <were> <laughs> And uh, she's also a cat mom. Oh boy, Lord help me. And else from the Valley, please welcome the farmer's daughter. Please welcome Emily May. Hey, everyone, I was like TK, you better do my intro. I was like cat. <laughs> all cat ladies here cat. yes i got you i got you and we are not alone i know you guys kind of like us but you love the amazing guests that we have on our show and this show or episode is no this episode is no different my mind is all over the place with these cat talk so she is absolutely amazing a renaissance woman she is a pro wrestler a tv broadcaster a radio personality a power lifter Buffy super fan and she's the host of ROH please welcome Quinn McKay hi hey hey. like have so much stuff going on I absolutely love it so thank you for joining us Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm stoked. With the quarantine and COVID that's happening um, in the entertainment industry in particular, everything's kind of shut down for a long period of time. So how did, you know, did you end up kind of developing your uh, system in your house or how did you uh, kind of deal with the shutdown?
1: So I'm somebody that has to have routine in order to just kind of keep it together. So I'll be honest, like when everything shut down, because in Maryland, like everything shut down really hard and all at once, it was like one day you could go to the gym and you can go to the grocery store and you can go to bars and restaurants. And the next day, it was like nothing at all. And we had like curfews in place and we had limitations in place. Like they could pull you over. And if you could not prove that you were like going to the grocery store or something, they could find you for it. So it got very strict, very fast, but I, I mean, it also like curved the virus really quickly in Maryland. So like, it was absolutely the right thing to do, but like mentally for me, it was kind of devastating because like I'm very routine oriented. So it's like, wake up, go to the gym, have breakfast, make your meals, like go to training. And then like on the weekends, it was like, all right, go to the airport, go to the show, come home, press repeat, start over. And then I think until ROH really pushed the gas on me doing week by week, it was just kind of like a downward spiral. There was like three weeks, I think, where I just like drank wine all day and watched trash reality television. And I kind of think that like we needed a reset as society anyway. So on one hand, probably kind of healthy. On the other hand, after a while, it's not. <laughs> I feel like everyone in um, that wine phase. <laughs> yeah. Having week by week again where At least I have one thing that I do every week. Like I go to ROH studios, I record week by week, we do that. And then like that starts over and that helped a lot. But it was like, once they really decided that that's what we were going to do, I was like, oh, wow, your life has meaning again. That's nice.
2: So um, for anyone who hasn't watched those videos yet, uh, why should they watch
1: Why should you watch week by week? Um, Especially, I think that for a while, it seems, according to the internet, people kind of dropped off of watching our weekly television because we were doing the recap shows, um, as fun as those were. I've heard that a lot. So week by week kind of like catches you up to speed on everything going on so that you can watch the next full episode of ROH. Cause we are filming or releasing like full matches and full episodes again, especially with the pure tournament, which has been amazing. Um, but once you do jump into that, you won't have missed a beat, like, you know, everything that's going on. Plus you get like super fun outtakes that like aren't included in episodes and stuff like that. Like interviews that you're not going to see there. Um, it, a lot of like our content is just all in one place. So that's really nice. Has there been a favorite moment so far? My favorite moments have been um, rekindling my relationship my friendly platonic relationship with Dan Housen. That sounded like a little weird at first, my very platonic relationship with Dan Housen. Um, so we're back on the same side again, cause he was like, like crashing my show and stuff and now we're friends. So I think that's been my favorite moment uh, so far. Plus there was this like really excellent 4th of July edition where the Briscoes couldn't get fireworks to set off. And I just really loved watching them fail for like so long at the beginning it was so funny there's really nothing funnier than some of the stuff that gets put on week by week it's ridiculous
0: (laughs) so tell us so you came you came from like a radio background and then you decided to uh start like wrestling what was that because it's usually you know just you know take athletes in general you know, athletes start and then it's like, okay, my body can't go anymore. I'll, I'll, I, like, I love, I love the sport. I'll talk about it or, you know, I'll talk about it. What was that transition from, okay, I'm doing radio, but I, I really want to do wrestling?
1: So I got involved in radio kind of accidentally. I just took on like a summer internship so that I could get my final credits for my PR degree. And so I could graduate six months early. Yeah. So I have a degree in PR from Missouri State University, minor in anthro. Don't do anything with the anthro minor, but it was fun while it lasted, you know? So I just started as an intern and I was like, I'm not going to stay in radio. There's no money in radio. If I try to stay in radio, like slap me, tell me I'm not allowed, whoever at the time, honestly. And I stuck around anyway because it was fun. And I very quickly became like, I was already a huge wrestling fan because I was a, I've been a wrestling fan since I was a kid. Like I watched it with my siblings when I was growing up and then I got back into it whenever I was in high school. So I was like the wrestling girl on the radio, like in our small town because I was on a classic rock station so anytime that like the wwe live events were coming through i would get to interview like becky lynch or chad gable um i got to interview biggie once and like that was really cool i kind of had like a passion for it and i also come from a roller derby background. So I played roller derby for eight years for Springfield Roller Girls. Right. And I really missed being an athlete because I had retired because I was like, I really, I just feel like I can't do this anymore. Like that's not was me. I was like, my body can't do roller derby anymore. I guess I'll just like retire, see what happens. And then I was like, maybe I'll try to go to a wrestling. School. Maybe I'll just see what all the fuss is about. Let's just see if like any of my roller derby skills transfer over to the ring. And as it turns out, they do not. (laughs) Um, But it was a lot of fun anyway. And I got stuck. um, And I just like never quit. And I guess, I don't know, like I quit my radio career to move out to Baltimore to train at the Ring of Honor Dojo. And then I got my position with Ring of Honor kind of because I had a background in broadcast, but I think mostly just because they know that I'm a good talker and they needed somebody to talk.
0: I don't know about any other like career, but like with radio and television, it's like there's no one way on how mm-hmm. people get there. And there's just so many interesting stories. So I, also, I just found it really interesting. That's like, you have people who are like dying to get in radio and you're like, I'm good. I'm good with this. I'm, I'm gonna fall this this way. And it's just kind of like, it's just so amazing to like, you know, to hear the, 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 the behind the scenes story of it.
2: I love the circular nature. Cause I feel like that happens a lot in wrestling as well as you, if you come to wrestling from something else, usually at some point somebody in wrestling notices you have these skills from this mm-hmm. other thing and oh, then, right. yeah. so it's, it's nice how it how the synergy of that works out. Yeah. And I think it's, it makes you, it makes you appreciate what, like, even if you're not a wrestler and you have
3: like, say a producing background, or if you have a writing background or like journalism, like you are more apt to appreciate how it's all created and how it's all put together.
1: Yeah. I have this theory about people who end up in wrestling have more of a tendency to be like jack of all trade types because we have a tendency to be like very all or nothing personalities. It's like, Oh, I found this one thing. I'm going to throw myself into this one thing. And so that's why like you end up wrestling and all of a sudden it's like, Oh yeah, I know how to do this, 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 and this. I'm actually an expert at it because I obsess about things.
2: (laughs) Speaking of obsessing about things. So we played an RPG, um a, a couple months ago now, um, together. And that was yeah. really fun. Have you played any RPGs or board games or even RPG video games since then?
1: Yes, I have. My nephew, I finally got to go see my family. Um, like I quarantined, I COVID tested, and I finally went and I, I saw my family for a while. And my nephew's birthday had just happened, and his wife is a GM. So we ran a game of D&D for his birthday. So I got to roll up a fun little character for that. Um, and also Dak played D&D for the first time doing that. So like that was also super fun. And then I just got smash up, which isn't a role-playing game, but it's like a deck building game. I'm sure that you're very familiar with it, but I just ordered that yesterday and uh, Sam and I got like super drunk. We played that
0: and that was a lot of fun.
1: Were you
2: trying to think of a nerd? <laughs> First of all, oh, you're probably familiar. <laughs> <with that. laughs>
0: yeah, it just really felt like you guys were just talking a whole different language. So I don't, I have no <laughs> idea what's going on.
2: Doss TK, I do love, you want to talk I about Kardashian again? <laughs>
0: Look, it's relate. I was I, just talking about radio. It's just relatable stuff. You guys just went off to a lane that I have. There are probably people right? listening who like tabletop RPGs and that's who we're talking to right now. Yeah. I have no idea what that is, but ex- explain to the, explain to but what, is, what is tabletop RPGs?
1: So they're role-playing games that you play around a table, like Dungeons and Dragons or Zweihander or Vampire the, the Promenade. Is that what it's called? Or the Masquerade. Um, so you basically, know. it's just like you and a pencil and it, uh, the Masquerade. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. And you see and that it's just like you and a pencil and a character sheet and dice and your imagination. I've never okay. actually played Vampire the Masquerade
2: i've heard it's really good but i haven't either right now i'm playing one where we're like in a gundam this is like my a a gundam but it's not really gundam it's fake gundam but it's pretty do you play
0: with people online or is this people like in your house or
2: so normally it's people you can't play with people online but yeah, so it's it's been people online, especially due to COVID. So when we played together, it was on Twitch. And if anybody's curious, you can actually go to Zweihander's um, Twitch channel and you could probably find uh, the, the VODs of it. But yes, yeah, it's, it's been pr- pretty cool during quarantine to like see people still be able to ha- play, have their board game night. Uh, they just do it over like Zoom or something or Roll20. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: See, learning something new every day.
1: I don't know anything about the Kardashians, but I could talk about Vanderpump rules for like days and days. And oh my days. God.
0: I love, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I kind of saw that I used to watch, I used to watch all these reality shows and um, I said in a previous episode that I worked, I worked for TMZ and I initially started working for TMZ on the TMZ tour bus. So we passed all of Lisa Vanderpump's restaurants. So we used to meet them all the time. So I felt like I had to like do research on them to know what was going on. So it was very weird. However, back to wrestling. Um, (laughs) You cover ROH, but do you also kind of look at other promotions to see what's going on as far as storylines or just out of, you know, the love of the sport or any um, indie um, promotions that you look at?
1: I started as a wrestling fan. I'm always going to be a wrestling fan. So I try to keep up with like as much wrestling as I enjoy and am able Um, there's so much, the problem is that there's so much content now that it's so hard to keep like absolutely everything. Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: but yeah, like I try to, I've obviously like, I try to keep my finger on the pulse. I want to make sure that I'm doing the best that I can. And in order to do that, I feel like I have to know what everyone else is
0: doing to just kind of see how I stack up, I guess. Right. It's hard. There's a lot going on. I was just telling uh, Sarah and Emily the other day that I multitask. Well, I was watching like, impact and WWE, then AEW. Mm-hmm. And then, um, there's another ML, MLW. And I was like watching literally maybe for seven hours and just like, and I'm still kind of not like caught up because there's certain things that you like, didn't see for previous. Right. So it's just <laughs> like a lot, a lot going on, but you know, it is what it is now. Is there yeah. any other, like favorite storyline that you have from like ROH that you're really kind of wanting them to push a little bit more?
1: Yes. We just filmed another batch of television. And I'm, so I'm not allowed to talk about any of that. Um, but there are really interesting storylines that are starting to be pushed that I really am enjoying. Um, I think something that I was really pushing for a long time was just for people to pay attention to Hot Sauce Tracy Williams. And I think through the pure tournament, like because people consistently underestimate Tracy for some reason. Like they know he's good in the ring and they know he's good on the mic. And yet people are still surprised by like how good he is at anything he does. And mm-hmm. the pure tournament I feel is like really, really finally putting him off the map as like a ferocious singles competitor in ROH and it's like long overdue. So I'm very excited about that. Whenever Mark Haskins is finally allowed back in the country that's something else that I want people to pay attention to as well is this evolution of Mark Haskins. And of course, eventually we're going to get back around to crowning the new ring of honor women's champion. And I'm really excited about the fact that before COVID hit, like we had decided that we weren't going to have like women of honor anymore. Like we've scratched Mm -hmm. that. And that's something that I've been really hoping for and talking about for a long time is finally establishing the women as part of the brand and not something separate, because I think that gives us more of an opportunity to shine. And because we're no longer separate, people will take the division more seriously. And it's going to be like a really long, slow rebuilding phase. But I think that we're doing a really good job. And I can't wait for people to finally be able to see that.
2: So first yeah. thing, shout out to uh, Russ Taylor, my friend who was in the tournament, because that was really cool to see. But second of all, yeah, so- he's so great. Yes, he's very good. We, Those of us on the West Coast know he, he's freaking yeah. awesome. So, so speaking of the tapings, uh, everyone was talking about the Ring of Honor bubble. So can you talk a little mm-hmm. bit about the bubble and like, you know, what it was like, some interesting things, what people were doing to keep it safe or, you know, anything about the bubble?
1: So we were getting, uh, well, I, I was getting a lot of questions on Twitter. It's like, oh, is it actually a bubble? Or are you guys just like saying it's a bubble? And it's like, no, it's like, it's a, legi- it's a legitimate bubble. You get tested a few weeks before, before you go into it. And then you get tested again when you get there. And then once you get tested, you're not allowed out of your room again to see anyone. Like it's it's very serious. It's There's like no fraternization whatsoever. So I think the first go around in order to like make it super fun, we did like a trivia night with some of our fans and stuff like that. We did like some Zoom meetings and like that was really cool. But mostly you're just like by yourself in a room working out. And that's about it until you get to go to TV. And then it's like you in your car or being transported and that's it. And then you're in your own locker room and you're not allowed to see anybody else. Masks Mm -hmm. have to be worn at all times. We're, We're watched like hawks. And it's very important that we are because we haven't had a single outbreak it's been incredibly safe from start to finish. We've had two of these bubble tapings now and there's it's gone on like without incident. And then we contact Trace at the end just in case. Um, but it's been really phenomenal.
2: Well, that's amazing. Cause I don't know if people saw there was like a, a little viral video where they showed kind of what it was like inside the NBA bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's, it's very interesting to see what companies are doing to take it seriously and it's wonderful to see that Ring of Honor is taking it so seriously and protecting the talent.
1: Yeah, and then like for like food and stuff, food is delivered like outside our doors. There's no contact between us and anyone else at all until you're in the ring with your opponent. Wow. It's incredible.
0: So okay, so we interviewed Brandy, I think before way before AEW started. And she was talking about how um she had a different look of being like different look at wrestling from being like a, a ring announcer and being a wrestler. So you yeah. being a host now and kind of see being on both ends and you're kind of like looking from the outside in, is there anything that you see that you're gonna apply to your your wrestling or that, you know, if people do take advice, it's like, oh, like they should do this. Like, is there any kind of certain things that you see from your end?
1: Yeah, so as a host, I'm obviously, because like, I think as wrestlers, you're always worried about the mechanics, right? Like you're always worried about the details and the specifics, like putting your match together, making sure everything makes sense, making sure you're telling the story correctly. And then as a host, everything I talk about and, and think about is big picture. So I think that the one thing that I would say is that like a lot of finding your personality and wrestling is like accidentally stumbling upon something that works. Right. Like, do you guys agree with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you finally find something that just kind of like sticks. You have to try like a bunch of stuff until you find that thing that like you click with and then also clicks with the audience. Pay attention to those things because it's easy to miss a gimmick that you've created. And then that makes it really hard to think about things long-term. Like once you finally figure out who you are, you need to think about what your long-term goals are and you need to start planting seeds about that early. Jonathan Gresham told me, cause he's one of the coaches at the dojo. And he told me like very early on when I was at the Ring of Honor dojo that like he had started planting seeds for feuds between him and Jay Lethal years ago. So that like, and it wasn't part of the storyline. It wasn't written into it, but he knew that inevitably it would probably happen where like one of them would turn on the other. And so years back, he's like all of our producers all of our production crew have years and years and years of material of B-roll to go back and choose from for promo packages for me saying how long ago this started. Mm. And that's something that you have to decide yourself. You have to like write stories that you know you can tie up later. That's so
3: like, that's such good advice. And like, so looking like at your hosting career, has there been like a storyline that you've been a part of that you've really enjoyed or have you been able to like pitch ideas as you're like trying to figure out interviews or promos or anything like that?
1: Um, I haven't really been directly involved in a lot of storylines because I'm, I'm kind of like outsider looking in, I guess. And they try to keep me like as much mouthpiece as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love anytime I get the chance to, to work with Dalton Castle, obviously, because like it's just so much fun to like spitball and like roll with him. And we just kind of like riff back and forth, and like that becomes our promo. So that's super fun. Yeah. And like as far as the promos in general go, I have I have a lot of freedom. And I, I think we end up kind of writing our own promos as we go along because we're kind of given, it's like, okay, you have a post-match promo, you know what your storyline is, go for it. And then I just kind of like ask the questions that I think will help best tell that story for them. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I have a lot of creative freedom and like nothing is scripted ever. Whenever we're in an interview, sometimes there's like a plot detail that we know that we want to push, but for the most part, it's just like, they're speaking from the heart or we're telling jokes or we're like furthering a storyline and they just kind of like trust us to do it, which is what's really nice. And I think that's different between us and other companies is that like, they have implicit trust that we know what we're doing and that we're going to provide the
0: best product we possibly can. Now, as far as uh, you mentioned that you're, um, well, the ROH is uh, rebuilding the women of honor division. Who would you, and I know like I mean, you don't have the official saying, but who would you like to see in that division? Cause what I did notice is that, you know, when you're looking at the other promotions, women of honor didn't necessarily have as many women and in doing this show, I, I, I don't know, 200 plus episodes or like three seasons, something like that. There are female wrestlers out there. Um, so who would you like to see in Women of Honor?
1: I'd really love to see, oh, I'd really love to see Laney Luck in Women of Honor. I think that Laney Luck is really incredible. Just really love to watch her. I think what would be really fun with Women of Honor if we had our established roster, and then we were able to do kind of what they're doing in a W dark, where they're showcasing a lot of independent talent. I think that that would be incredibly fun to like, give women the opportunity to like, earn legitimate contracts. But I think that there needs to be actual stakes there to where like, whenever you come and you have a match, because we've done that for a while, where like we've brought in women as extras for matches for our small women's roster. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we did it and we, we made it to where you knew that like, you're wrestling for a contract impress us, impress the audience, like put your best foot forward and earn your spot. I think that we could build an incredible women's division organically. Mm -hmm. And I'd love the opportunity to do that. But obviously that's just an opinion. But yeah, Lanny Luck would be like the first person on my list.
3: Well, I think it shows that like, even like, even like you said, like, if you have an extra spot or something like that, you never know where it will lead. So making sure that you're prepared, like matching your preparation with opportunity and making sure that those match up.
0: So you came up with a gimmick and I noticed you're not doing it today. The whole uh, bow tie thing. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, how did when I, I was actually reading about it in an article, and I was like, dang, yeah, I need, I need to come up with something that, like, because I, I like every, I like change my hair a billion times, like I never have the same look. Like, how did you, how did that come about, and is that something that? You know, is that more long-term or was that thing something that like, you know, you know, now people are dressing up like you for Halloween. Is that something that it's like, okay, this is, this is good for now. Or, you know, is that really you? Like, I just like wearing bow ties.
1: So it's the, the whole like bow tie gimmick started because I think they wanted like a very Selena Kyle look for an, an a backstage interviewer. Like they wanted somebody that you could take seriously as like a journalist, but still seemed. I don't know, like frazzled and um, meek, I guess. And I don't know, like kind of fly on the wall-ish. I don't think that anybody thought that my position was going to turn into what it it has to where like now I host the show. Mm -hmm. Cause I was just, it was just supposed to be like a bit backstage interviewer role where I did like a couple of things for social media and we could like further some storylines and just kind of see how it shook out. I think a, a lot of what it was at the beginning was I've always been like very broad shouldered. And if you follow me on social media, you see that I actually like work out a lot and I'm kind of buff and I'm and in shape and very strong actually. Um, so at the beginning, it was like, well, you have to wear a button down. You have to wear long sleeves because we can't show how in shape you are on television. Nobody's going to buy that you're an interviewer. And I was like, Okay. And so it just kind of progressed from there. And like, f- at f- first I was wearing like a cardigan and then it was like a sweater vest. And then like, occasionally I wear like, like a blazer. And now it's like a suspender thing. Cause I really like the androgynous look with the bow tie and the suspenders and the button up. It just like, I'm, I love it. I feel like I look very handsome. Um, very handsome. <laughs> but the bow tie was kind of an act of like rebellion a little bit because I had, a, when I came and then I had like blue hair and I had this like goth jock gimmick. And, you know, I was like a wrestler and not an interviewer. And I, it was kind of like, okay, well, you have to button up. You have to be covered up. You have to dye your hair brown. Like you have to look like a professional person that, you know, you would believe is a broadcast journalist. And then I threw on the bow tie because I wanted to see if I could get away with it. And it seemed like I could add like a flash of color, like a pop of personality, something, because I felt very, now I feel wow. very comfortable in myself, but at the time mm-hmm. I felt like a lot had been taken away from me. I guess. I totally get it.
0: Totally yeah. understand.
1: Of- so, and now uh, it's really cool to dress up as me as Halloween.
0: <laughs> now we have something in common, which I also noted. Uh, we both have an affinity for The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who
2: does? <right? laughs> I feel like everyone does.
0: Well, here's the really? thing. So you here's, here's my here's a serious question. And it, it this is it's it's a serious question. So I absolutely do love the rock, but I feel like this uh version of the rock now, I don't know, three or four kids in, like I no longer like I now just want to like hang out with the rock. Whereas before The Rock and I were going off in the sunset together. Now it's just more like i mean you're giving me very dad and uncle vibes
3: i mean i just want to sit and have his tequila with him i just want to drink yeah that's that's
0: very good tequila tequila. it It is is. yeah i just want to see like where where you where were you on the same path i was or were you just like i just wanted to hang out with the rock like but what 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 was your thought process
1: my thing with the rock is that i view him as like the ultimate human specimen like human genetic just don't get better than that, I think. Mm -hmm. And so I have him on this pedestal where it's like, if an alien race required us to have to send, like, what do you think humans should be? Like, or else they were going to blow up the planet. we, We could take like the rock's DNA and we could send it to them and be like, this is the best we have to offer. And they'd be like, all right, we get it.
3: Well, I feel like that is like the start of so like, I feel like that's the start of one of his movies. I feel like we just sent him and he saves the whole world. So I think that's that's the new plot coming in 2021.
2: (laughs) I I still want to hit it. I don't care if he's a dad. Yeah.
1: You know,
0: you know, the kids are, the kids are cute. You know, they are. they are, they are really cute, but it's just, I don't know. His vibe has kind of changed for me, but you know, it is what it is now. You said, this is a really interesting question. So you said if the you know, the alien race wanted kind of a prototype. It'd be the rock who would be the female equivalent. Like who, who would you pick to send to the aliens as a prototype? I was thinking about this the other day.
1: Why are you laughing?
0: Maybe Gal Gadot.
1: Gal Gadot.
2: because she said she was thinking about it the other day, like, <laughs> no, like yesterday. These are
1: things that you should think about. You never yeah. know. Well, the thing is, okay. So what was going on is that I was watching New Girl and Megan. Fox, I'm watching the season where Megan Fox is on it, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, that is a, a beautiful woman. It's just not and it's, <laughs> There are many. And then I started thinking about like who the most beautiful woman of all time was. And so I had those like brief thoughts about like Helen of Troy and, and stuff like that. And then I was like, the Megan Fox is like for sure up there. And then I was like, but you know, Gal Gadot, <laughs> I think probably, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. That's hard. There are a lot of beautiful women. Let's add and that
2: to are... our rapid hot tags
3: question. Which, yeah, really which are <laughs> think do the aliens? <laughs> yeah. The rock
0: or the dome. I mean, if we all get on the same page now, once it happens, it'll just be an easy, you know, we all all there.
2: Take us now. I'm done. Oh, sorry. (laughs) It's a lot of pressure
0: to
1: decide what the future of the human race will be. It is, it is.
2: Yeah, now, we're not going to there... solve it in a few
3: minutes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, is there any other um, storylines that you're looking at outside of ROH that you're like, oh, this is really interesting. Like, I, I, I want to see what's going to happen with these storylines.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, some just because I kind of want to see how it's going to shake out. And then others because, I mean, they're legitimately super good. I don't know. I can't think of anything, like, right off the top of my head that I'm, like, just burning to know. I I really hope that they reunite the Iconics. Mm, yeah. I'm overall, like, way more invested in women's wrestling in general.
3: Same. We we are, too, you know, just a little bit.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Kind of our show. All right, so we're gonna get into Rapid Hot Tags. Women's Wrestling Rapid Hot hot Tags. tags? So Rapid Hot Tags is I'm gonna ask you a question and you're gonna say the first thing that comes to your mind. So favorite quarantine snack? Favorite quarantine snack, Oreos. Uh, Do you prefer working out at home or at the gym? The gym. Uh, Cooking at home or ordering out? Cooking at home. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained one quality or one ability, what would it be?
1: Oh, the ability to speak another, like just speak another language, because I am stupid and I only know one.
0: What, what in your life are you grateful for?
1: Oh, my family.
0: And if, you were great. A, and if you were able to live to the age of 90 and retain either the mind or body of a 30-year-old for the last 60 years of your life, which would you want? <laughs> The body of a 30 year old
2: team yeah. body wins again.
0: Yeah. I will, I will I be, would on be show one over. day.
1: <laughs> if I can have the wisdom of a 90 year old and like look like me like a 30. Yeah, now are you kidding? That would be awesome. Yeah, I'm just I'd be
2: uh, we got to rephrase that question TK. <laughs> so it can be clear that you're you're lost. You're, you're ninety, as in like grandma. Stop chasing the cat with a stick. Oh, oh. So, I, but I looked like yeah. But I looked like
1: no. I I this. I can get away with anything.
2: Exactly. No one's That's gonna say nothing to me. I'm hot.
1: Right. No one's gonna tell me anything.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Saying crossover. Emily. <laughs> I know
3: one time one of these times I need a good reason. Need a good reason. Maybe <laughs> the rock comes over, I need the rock's answer.
2: <laughs> Okay, you heard it here. The Rock, we need you to weigh in. The Rock, I need.
1: we need you
0: to know. Yeah, we need to know the answer to this burning question. I do have another question, though, which we did uh, ask in previous episodes a while ago. Who would be on your Mount Rushmore of female wrestlers?
1: My Mount Rushmore of female wrestlers? Oh, Mm -hmm. God. Beth Phoenix, Trish Stratus, Charlotte. It's like whenever you get down to the last one, it's like a lot of anxiety. Oh, okay. Beth Phoenix. Trish drives. Charlotte, Oscar. All right, there you
0: have it. Solid oh, list. Not right. bad. Solid, yeah. Um, so we're gonna do uh, Star of the Week real quick. So take it away, Sarah. Women's wrestling Star of the Week.
2: Today's Star of the Week is Candy Lee. Candy Lee made her debut at New Zealand's Impact Pro Wrestling, where she immediately made waves as the first openly trans wrestler to win a major indie title. The Amazonian Samoan was also New Zealand's first trans wrestler period, and at one point held three different championship belts. Her performance at Rise and Shimmer cemented her as one to watch and she came in at number 92 on the PWI Women's 100. Be sure to follow her at Lee Barbie and tell her that Women's Wrestling Talk sent you. If you want to learn more about a star of the indie wrestling scene, please shoot us your suggestions for future Stars of the Week.
0: Um, did everybody get to check out the PWI um, Women's list by any chance? Yes. Were there once. any surprise surprises in there or was it just like this is this is pretty solid?
1: I felt like there were there were people left off, but I mean, there's always going to be people left off. I was really, really impressed that women on the independence ended up ranking as high as they did, especially since there are so many international companies now. And I think that that like, it shows that there's still really incredible women's talent out there and that, you know, not everybody's been like signed up to a contract i think that's really cool i just i really love it i just i loved seeing my friends on a list you know what that is like i give like the professional answer i'm like i think this looks really great for women's independent wrestling but really i just loved seeing my friends names there that Mm -hmm. was just really cool
0: touche i agree i always love seeing (laughs) like the the come up or something different like you know um i watched like i said i watched aw the other day and i didn't realize that um oh my gosh that was his his name is Melissa Santos's husband, um, Brian, Brian Cage. Cage. And he's signed with AEW now. And I was like, oh my God, like I was just like happy. He's like, I know I'm probably really late, but congratulations. Like, you know, it's just.
2: <laughs> <laughs> also, you could just call him Melissa Santos's husband. That's fine. We do. Yeah, I think
0: that's fine. <laughs> but, you know, it's just kind of like, I love seeing, I love seeing that stuff. I love seeing, especially when people come on the show and, you know, they 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 glow up, like they start. They either started as an independent wrestler and now they're, you know, somewhere else, they're doing all these amazing things or they're just doing amazing things in general, like they started their own promotion or stuff like that. So it's always great to see that. And then to see it um, in PWI is just like, okay, like you guys are seeing what I'm seeing, you know, Mm -hmm. so I definitely love that.
3: Yeah. The person I was impressed with the most was Thunderosa. She went from like 94, I think, right. To like 14 or something. Like she went up a crazy (laughs) amount of slots. And I was like, cause she's been working her butt off. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, that was an incredible thing to see. And like, you're right. I love seeing everyone that you're like, Oh my God, you know, seeing them just like continue to grow. And I feel like that list should be bigger. I don't think it should be a hundred. It should be way more than that
1: way more what i did think was really cool was that like because there were some women that made it on, on just to the pwi 500 mm-hmm. and whenever that happened i was like okay so i assume that's going to exclude them from the women's 100 and it didn't like you were able to make both which i thought was really cool but also like i don't know should should you be able to make both Where like if you make the pw 500 should that open up a list on like just exclusively women's wrestlers that only wrestle women for the PWI 100? Like, what's the, I don't know. Like, I, I can see the pros and cons of both.
2: I, I agree with you, though, because it was also strange, the disparity in numbers to me. Yeah. You know, like, someone would rank, like, uh, let's pick a number. Say someone was 200 on the 500, and someone mm-hmm. else was 250. But then on the women's 100, they were in different positions. You know what I mean? So, I like, I thought that I, was cool. I wonder if that's because...
1: They used their match ratios on just women's wrestling, and Absolutely. that was better or worse than their match ratios right. in, in intergender wrestling.
2: Right. But to someone who's reading it, it's really weird. Yeah. I, I, don't I don't think it, yeah. it tells you anything useful. So I, I don't know. I kind of felt like if you got onto the 500, I personally felt like you should, that should open up a spot on the women's 100 because it's, it's a given that you're one of the greats because you're on the PWI 500.
0: Yeah. Because you're on the Okay.
2: Yeah. That's just my, yeah I see.
0: Yeah. I see both sides of it. We'll tag them on this and see if they'll do it next year. (laughs) Yeah.
2: But uh, for me though, I was really happy to see so many women of color and to see trans women on the list. Um, You know, it's been something that's been an issue in the past with them like finding women, you know, or, or just sticking to the more well-known women. And so that was just really awesome to me to see that they definitely did their due diligence and their research
1: and, you know, I appreciated it. And then Kelly Kelly reaching out to Candy was
0: just like, it. I think about it all the time, it made my week. Well, there you have it. Now, where can people, a couple of things, where can people find you? And then uh, tell us when the show airs and all that good stuff.
1: Okay. So I can be found on Twitter at Quinn McKay and on Instagram at real Quinn McKay. I do not have a Facebook because I don't know. I don't really know how to make a professional Facebook page. I'll be honest. And at this point I don't care anymore. (laughs) Um, And then ROH, you'll have to check your local listings because we're syndicated. So we air... Whenever, but you can always catch us on Fight TV, and on Monday nights we have the official ROH Pure Watch Party. So at seven PM Easterns on Monday, you can queue up the episode for free on at rohwrestling.com or on Fight TV, and press start at seven PM, and then use hashtag ROH Pure and tweet along with all your favorite ROH stars. oh That's a nice concept.
0: I like awesome. that. Uh, Sarah the Rebel, where can people find you?
2: Find me everywhere on the internet, including on Patreon at Sarah the Rebel. Sarah has an H, as God in the Bible intended.
0: And Emily May, where can people find you? You can find me on all social platforms at Emily May Heller. And don't forget, guys, we definitely need help, donations, all that good stuff. So if you're listening to us on Anchor, and all those other platforms don't forget to click donate for you know coffee like seven bucks you can just downsize a size and just give us a dollar just saying just putting out there we have amazing things coming your way uh websites um promos merch all that good stuff so we definitely appreciate your help other than that make sure you follow us on all social media platforms uh www, talk on Instagram, www.talkpod on Twitter, and definitely check us out on Facebook. Other than that, thank you so much, Quinn, for joining us. And you can follow me on everything at TK Trinidad. Till next time, guys. Ciao. Bye. Bye.